Welcome to the Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we continue the book of 1 Samuel, we're in chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to Yahweh in the presence of Eli, and the word of Yahweh was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of Yahweh, where the ark of God was. Then Yahweh called Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down, and Yahweh called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know Yahweh, and the word of Yahweh had not yet been revealed to him. And Yahweh called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli perceived that Yahweh was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Yahweh, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And Yahweh came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then Yahweh said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel. Which, at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of Yahweh, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also. If you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is Yahweh. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew, and Yahweh was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of Yahweh. And Yahweh appeared again at Shiloh, for Yahweh revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of Yahweh. This is the word of the Lord. Maybe a familiar section of scripture for many, uh, the, the, the threefold calling of God to Samuel, and Samuel doesn't know how to respond. But there's some interesting details as we dig into the text. So we're going to first look at verse 1 here that the word of Yahweh was rare in those days. It wasn't that the book wasn't written. I mean, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, are certainly down already at this point. The book of Job as well, being as as old as that one is. Um, So there's at least some of the scriptures written. This is a reference to the spoken word of God as he makes 
divine revelation, he actually speaks to his prophets. God wasn't doing much of that at this time. Now, Eli has grown old. Samuel is still young. Um, Verse 3, a couple of details for us. First, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. The Levitical priests were trained to to trim the lampstand in the tabernacle daily. They would light the candles. They would extinguish the candles. It was a daily task for them. And that's going to be in the... So the tabernacle has two rooms. The first room that the priest would enter is called the holy place. That's where you would find the lampstand. You would also find the table of presence and the altar for incense. Now, the second room, which was smaller contained just the Ark of the Covenant. It was the most holy place, and only once a year was the chief priest to enter there with a sacrifice on the Day of Atonement. So verse 3 makes this interesting. Samuel is lying down in the temple of Yahweh, so he's in the tabernacle, where the Ark of God was. That's either a general reference to the temple in the previous clause, or it means Samuel is lying down in the most holy place, where he really ought not to be. If that's the case, Samuel's lucky. (laughs) He he should consider himself blessed that the Lord allowed him to live. Um, That would be to enter into the presence of God, uh, and it would have only been by God's mercy, just as Moses got to see see the Lord, even physically, somehow, uh, on Mount Sinai. Verse 7, after calling twice, we get this note that Samuel did not yet know Yahweh. We read earlier in the book already that Eli's sons did not know Yahweh as they rebelled against the Lord's commands. This seems to indicate Samuel did not have faith. So not only is he using the tabernacle as a sleeping place, that's... Not good. But now he's even indicated here that he's not faithful. He does not know God. That could be fitting. Eli was the same one who raised Hophni and Phinehas, and now he's raising Samuel. Hophni and Phinehas' faith didn't turn out well. Makes you wonder how much Hannah actually knew about Eli and about Eli's wicked sons and if she knew anything at all before she entrusted her son into Eli's care. But ultimately, Hannah was trusting her son into the Lord's care and not Eli's. So it takes three times before Eli finally has it click uh, that this is the Lord calling to Samuel. In verse 10, so Yahweh comes and stands Physical presence of God. So again, just like we mentioned with the being in the tabernacle already, God is now physically there, present in Samuel's company. And he is having mercy upon Samuel because he's seeking to make use of Samuel to do good works in his kingdom. Now, a question we could ask our children, similar to this one, or even ask yourself. See if you know this. When has the Lord called you by name? The answer to that is in the waters of holy baptism. 
where you were called by name, and then you were called in his name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You will be called by your name by God again on the last day in the book of life. Samuel's response may indicate that faith thing again. So Eli in verse 9 instructs him to say, Speak, Yahweh, for your servant hears. Samuel speaks and he says, Speak, for your servant hears. He changes what Eli told him to say. He drops Yahweh. He drops the divine name. He drops the name of God. Now, Yahweh is just the Hebrew for he is. When we say Yahweh, when we speak the divine name there, we are simply confessing faith that we believe that he is. He is God. Samuel skips it. That is notable in the text here. As we move down to verse 13, God did not, God is punishing Eli as well as his sons. He's punishing this household for their sins. And that's including Eli too, because he did not, he did not work hard enough to restrain his sons from the wickedness that they were doing. They will not be atoned for forever. Yikes. Verse 15, Samuel was afraid. He didn't want to tell Eli the vision. God just condemned your family. How do I tell you that? And yet, Eli seems to know it. If you read Eli's words to Samuel in verse 17, not only is Eli speaking a curse on Samuel if Samuel doesn't tell him, but just the words. I mean, may God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me, indicates he knows that Yahweh has spoken some kind of, of tragedy upon him, a curse upon him. And after Samuel tells him, Eli's response is faithful. It's Yahweh. Let him do what seems good to him. That's a faithful response. The other faithful response would have been to have begged God for mercy. But this is a faithful response nonetheless. So Eli is not Eli is not his sons. He has faith. It may be a weak faith, but he has faith. So we do see that. Verse 19, that little phrase, let none of his words fall to the ground is a reference most likely kind of an idiom to the idea that what Samuel spoke is heard. And so instead of falling to the ground, the words hit your ears. He's a prophet. He's given God's word to speak. So he goes out, he speaks it and the people hear it. It's not wasted. All of Israel from Dan to Beersheba knows that he is God's prophet. Now, Dan is the northernmost part of the land of Israel. That uh, was the northern tribe. The city of Dan is probably about 30 miles north of what you know from the New Testament as the Sea of Galilee. Beersheba is 45 miles to the southwest of Jerusalem, one of the southernmost points of the nation. So this is a geographical thing. 
as well as a people thing, all of Israel, so all the people, from Dan to Beersheba, end to end, from the entire entire land, knows that Samuel is their prophet to speak God's word to them. So God appears to him again at Shiloh, which is off to the northeast of Jerusalem, about 20 miles. Now we could stop and pause here. We could end our day by discussing the conversation here of who does God use to speak to you now? Who does God use to speak to you now? I hope it is my prayer that God has a faithful pastor in your midst who can speak his word to you. Not whatever our itching ears, our temptations of our sinful nature want to hear, but someone who is willing to be there with you, on the ground, in your life, celebrating the joys, mourning the grief together, and speaking always to you God's law and gospel, so that you are called out of your sin and shown the wonderful forgiveness and life that you have in Jesus Christ.